All right, guys, welcome to episode 12 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR, and joining us today, as usual, is Sean. We're going to be talking about flow and how to get the most of it, some tips, some tricks, why it's important to create an ideal environment to grow our plants. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Bogdan out in Romania. I hope I pronounced your name right. If I, if I didn't, I apologize. Uh, but he sent in an amazing picture of his aquascape. And it looks fantastic and I want to share it with you guys. So just go to aquascapingpodcast.com. Check out the show notes for this episode, episode 12, and you'll see it right there. If you have a photo you'd like to send in or if you have a comment or question send it to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com hello aquascaping podcast listeners this is sean here and let's talk about flow today first i think it's important that we talk about why is flow important and so at the very the basic premise here is that we need water moving to bring nutrients um, to our plants and not only that but we need a sufficient flow movement of water to break the barrier on the leaves and allow for those nutrients to enter the leaves what i generally look for is uh, i look for the leaves gently moving in the water Um, i look to make sure that i can see the water moving through Um, all parts of the tank. I don't want any areas that have no water movement. Those areas with no water movement can become stagnant. Uh, Plants aren't going to grow there. And so um, it's important to try and avoid that. Uh, I planted a small 30 centimeter nano tank. It's about three gallons or so. And the layout of the scape had um, had hair grass in the front, uh, Eleocaris bellum, or Japanese mini, I think is also called. Um, and then I was using uh, just a piece of driftwood with some Fissidens fontanus on it as kind of that mid-ground and to separate space between um, the the foreground, creating a mid-ground, and then the background where I was going to have um, a couple dense bushes of stems. Um, and so I planted this, and at the time I planted it, which actually worked pretty well. Um, the driftwood wouldn't stay down. It wasn't saturated at the point. It wasn't waterlogged, so it was floating. So I had it floating in another tank while the plants kind of grew in a little bit. Um, it worked really well because it gave room to the plants to kind of grow, and then I could um, wiggle my driftwood in there where I wanted it uh, and had set it to begin with uh, while planting. Now, on the outlet, I had uh, the ADA spin type uh, filter outlet. And that outlet is really great um, when running a strong filter in such a small tank. I had the Eheim 2211. And originally running that spin type, I had planned to put a beta in the scape. And betas do not appreciate strong flow. And um, there's a there's a spray bar that comes with the filter. It spread the um, flow out. It created a lot of strong flow. Great for if you want to grow plants solely or you know, even shrimp can handle a little more flow. Um, than the beta, but because I wanted a beta in there, I considered putting a beta in that scape, um, I used the spin type outlet. And so as the plants grew in, things initially grew fine, things weren't very dense. And then once I put the driftwood in 
and the, the stems in the back began to grow denser, um, the flow was restricted a lot uh, by that growth and by the driftwood. And what I saw was is the Rotella wallachii in the back left, the stems, basically the bottoms of all the stems uh, were starting to melt away. The plants were not growing very well. I was seeing algae that I wouldn't have expected to see in those spots um, that was showing me that, you know, we're, I'm not getting the flow that I need to keep these plants healthy in the back corners and the low corners of the tank. And so what I did is I ditched the, the spin type pipe and I got one of the glass um, jet pipes, which is basically um, the there's no modification to the end of the outlet. It's just the same size throughout the pipe. And that has worked beautifully. The tank has grown in very, very nicely. Um, the only problem with that is if I wanted to keep a beta in there, that's not the right environment to put a beta in. The flow is strong in the tank, but the, um, the scape is very, very nice. And it's all because of that modification to flow. That flow adjustment and just the outlet type allowed me to get the flow that I needed to the spots uh, where it was being restricted most and this helped the plants grow much better than they were before. Okay, today's tip relates to test kits. And you know, it's sometimes hard to, to match up the, the test tube to the color chart. And you know, there's so much room for error, especially on these, uh, on these aquarium kits that most of us are using. Let's take the API pH test kit. I'm sure a lot of us have it. It goes from 6.0 to 7.6. 6.0 being yellow, 7.6 is kind of like a turquoise, bluish. And everywhere in between is kind of a shade of green. Now, sometimes it can be difficult to match up that test tube. So what do we do? We want to exaggerate those colors and make it easier for ourselves. So how do we do that? Well, lately what I've been doing is putting my test tube right next to the color chart and I take a picture of it with my iPhone. And I go in and I hit edit. Now the first thing I do is up that saturation. I just crank it all the way up. And immediately all those colors are exaggerated. And just doing that, it, it, you could you could see more obviously where you are on that color chart compared to what's inside the tube now to take that even one step further is you can just mess around with the hue slider and what that's going to do is get you all these wacky colors but what's going to happen is one of those wacky colors is going to match exactly with the wacky color that's inside your your, your test tube something else to consider too when you're taking that picture is you want to have a lot of light, uh, ideally natural light coming in and just illuminating the entire thing so you have really good light quality and neutral light. And you also want to have a white background. So either a piece of paper or a white wall right behind it. That way you don't have any weird color reflections reflecting into the test tube and affecting that color. Another lesson that can be drawn from this is that plants will restrict flow a great deal. I think they will really, really cut back um, the amount of water moving through your tank. Um, and so it's important to consider that when placing pumps, placing your inlet, and placing your outlet. This leads to another consideration uh, that should be taken into account when setting up your, your flow and your filtration for your tank. Where are you going to put your inlet and your outlet? Um, or where are you going to place your pumps or your skimmer if you have a small uh, skimmer like an Eheim skim or a Vupa 
uh, where do you put those and where do you put them in concert with each other uh, I think that's an important consideration to make and um, the way I like to do it is I like to position them so they all work together that none of them are in opposition to each other because if they're placed in opposition to each other the flow they generate is going to is going to collide and you're gonna lose lose energy you're gonna lose the momentum of water in the tank and you may lose flow in places uh, that you didn't attend to uh, so um, I like to place my intake and my outlet right next to each other and it's not just because ADA does it I think there's actually a good reason behind doing so um, and the reason for that is is the outlet is pushing in, in one direction while the intake is also pulling with the uh, direction the water is already flowing from the outlet and so they work in concert they work together and so the outlet many of our outlets are near the surface of the water that's good uh, without providing too much ripple that we get too much co2 loss um, but that water is going to be pushed across the the upper level of the tank it is going to collide with the opposing panel of glass on the other end and it's going to move down that side and then as it does that it's going to come back across the lower level of the tank along the substrate and when it's doing that the intake is then pulling it in that direction and so you see the the outlet is pushing it up near the top level and then as it comes down and moves back across uh, the lower level of the substrate the intake is pulling it that direction too so they're working together um, same for the flow that ends up moving around the back of the tank as that water uh, from the outlet impacts the opposite end opposite panel it moves along the side and the back of the tank and when you're planting a lot of stems back there this these are the spots that are hard to get enough flow into and it's important that you have a strong enough filter or pump to do that uh, and so that water moves along the back and then as it slides around to the to the panel where the inlet and the outlet are at um, that that intake is then pulling it around that corner um, it's same for the the water movement from the outlet as well that helps push that around and so they're all working together the other benefit of putting the uh, intake right next to the outlet is as that water moves across uh, the bottom level where the substrate is um, it's also kicking up some detritus some mulm some gunk whatever you want to call it and it's being pulled in towards the filter so it helps um, the filter uh, filter out particles from the water more effectively and I think that's another really great reason to put them uh, together like that all right I have a personal request for everybody listening to this show and that's the next time you're out shopping or you're online putting an order together is to pick up a picture frame any size, any shape, whatever you like, and just pick a spot either in your home or office where this picture frame is gonna go. And what's gonna go inside this picture frame is a photograph of your aquascape, your current or future aquascape. You know, I was flipping through Amano's book, as, and as I usually do, I, I get hit with an, an idea, or you know, some sort of revelation. And this one might seem obvious, but photography is a part of the aquascaping process it was for Amano and it is for a lot of us but Amano shot with film all through his entire life uh, large format 
film camera. And, you know, he, he liked the way that the saturation was in the images and the process. But a part of that process that's missed by a lot of us digital photographers is the print stage. And I think that that's a really important stage in aquascaping. I feel like that's the, the bookend. That's like the stamp to the, to the end of the life cycle of that aquascape. It's, it's a physical, tangible item that basically lives on beyond the aquascape once it's over. And I think it, that's a really important part of the process. I don't think photography in that sense is different from aquascaping. I think photography is a part of aquascaping. And that printed image is kind of like the final stage in the process. So my suggestion and, and my request here is that everybody out there buy a picture frame and have it be a placeholder. And that's going to help you when you're doing maintenance inside the aquarium. You know, maybe you'll take a little bit more time when you're trimming. Maybe you'll do it a little bit more perfectly because, you know, you already have a spot for that picture. And it's not a picture that it's not for the Internet. It's not for a panel of judges. That picture is for you. And that's what makes the difference. course we can't talk about flow uh and even flow loss without talking about um filters and uh the things that cause filters to put out less flow um so when you look at the back of your your box when you're buying your filter or you're ordering it online and you're looking at the flow rating um many if not all filters have um a flow rating but that flow rating is a bit um exaggerated and the reason for that is when companies rate the their pump flows that they put on their filters um, they're rating it without filter media and they're also rating it without any head pressure and so um, once you start adding things on inside the filter and then um, to the outlet end of the filter you start to add head pressure and you start to restrict the flow of the filter which means you're going to get less flow out of it. Um, I go back and forth on whether or not this loss is uh, significant, and I think that's why a lot of people, uh, including myself, buy oversized filters. Um, I'm running the biggest filter I could get for my 90 centimeter uh, Eheim 2075. Uh, it's rated at, I believe, 320 gallons per hour. And if you notice, that doesn't even get me to the 10 times tank volume. Uh, there was, I think, one other model that may have put out more more uh, flow, um, but that isn't uh, that wasn't available or I couldn't get it. Um, and so that's what I had and that's what I've worked with. And it hasn't been a problem um, in most cases. I will occasionally add a pump onto the tank. Uh, I, I like to use uh, an Ecotec MP10 it's very strong and I run it at the lowest setting most times. Uh, I like the fact it's adjustable and I really like the fact that um, it creates a really wide, broad flow. It's not a concentrated pointed flow. Um, and so it moves a lot of water through a large area of the tank. Um, and I can definitely see the difference when I add that. Um, and so sometimes I'll put that on, sometimes I won't. And again, I always go back and forth on whether or not it's making a big difference. 
I think the biggest thing if we want to maintain flow uh, through our filters is good filter maintenance. Um, I don't like to go more than three to four weeks without cleaning it out. And every time I wait longer than that, um, I see a significant reduction in flow. And I see uh, algae result from that. Um, and I think the tank gets a little dirtier because of that. And so a uh, good filter maintenance is the best way to keep that uh, filter working uh, at, its, at its best and keeping your flow rate up. We can't necessarily talk about flow without talking a little bit about um, the size of our outlet pipes and its relation to the velocity of the water that we're moving. Um, and so what I mean by that is, let's say you have a 300 gallon per hour filter. And on that you put um, a small outlet pipe. Let's say you put the 12, a 12 millimeter outlet pipe. Um, that water is gonna be moving at a greater velocity than if you were to put a 17 millimeter outlet pipe on it. You're still moving the same volume of water in the same amount of time, but in order to move that volume in a smaller space, you have to move it faster. And so um, it's not, there's not necessarily a, a better option between the two. It's more of um, in knowing that uh, you can choose outlet types and outlet sizes that will help you meet um, the flow needs of your scape uh, or, or your plants. Now it's important to remember too, I think, that if you put a smaller outlet uh, pipe on your filter, you're gonna create more pressure and you're gonna create more head pressure and so there may most likely be some loss of flow. In my opinion, that loss of flow is gonna be negligible. Uh, you'll probably see more benefit if you needed the, more, the greater velocity than you would um, otherwise and so um, I wouldn't let that stop you from changing your outlet type. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up the show here. Thanks again for joining us on the Aquascaping Podcast. Check us out on aquascapingpodcast.com. You can subscribe and rate on iTunes or send an email with your questions or comments to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>